championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. Trevor Lane here from LakersNation.com. We're going to break down the playoff seating right now for the Eastern and Western Conference. Joining me, as always, Keith Smith from Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog, all over the place. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I know we haven't been able to get together as much with you uh, uh, packing up life and, and moving it and all that stuff. So uh, I'm glad glad we, we were able to make this work. And just for everybody who's been asking, especially those of you in my uh, locker room chats, we will be getting back into transactions and off-season preview stuff. Trevor and I have been going back and forth. we get got a lot of stuff planned for you. So you'll be hearing from us pretty regularly uh, throughout the playoffs. Look for your playoff game breakdown somewhere else. Look for your off-season preview stuff coming from us that's right yeah now now that i am set up in a well (laughs) somewhat temporary studio space here now we can get back into the swing of things and perfect timing too because we are right on the precipice of the nba playoffs starting up and i wanted to break down the seating a little bit because this is really intriguing there is a lot of movement that can still take place heading into the final weekend of nba basketball so why don't we start with the eastern conference keith and let's take a look at the top you've got uh, you've got, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers sitting there at the top. Uh, is it is it going to stay that way? You think they're they're staying in the one seed, and then you've got Brooklyn and and Milwaukee in that order. Yeah, Philly closes with two against the Orlando Magic. So if they don't win at least one right. of those and clinch the one seed, they have uh, they do not deserve it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. And I, I didn't see them making any movements there, but uh, but the Brooklyn Nets. You know, right now Vegas still has the Brooklyn Nets as the favorites to win the NBA championship, and they are locked into the two seed right now, um, which would put them into a first-round matchup, potentially with your Boston Celtics, if the Celtics stay in the seventh spot and in the mm-hmm. play-in tournament and then win that first game. I know, unfortunately, the, the injury suffered by Jalen Brown. That's absolutely terrible. Uh, but what are your thoughts about Brooklyn staying there and then maybe seeing your Celtics? I think Brooklyn probably sticks it too. I, I think we're going to see the East playoff picture kind of in the end lay out the way it is today. Yeah. Um, you know, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee at the top in that order. So, so I think yeah. And then we'll see. The Celtics are in a very, very weird place right now. They've lost four straight. They are uh, not looking all that great going into the play-in. It sounds like uh, Brad Stevens once they were locked into the play-in. He very much said they're going to make some roster decisions as far as sitting guys and the like over these final two regular season games. They are locked into seventh. They're the only Eastern Conference team who has a seed locked right now uh, for the postseason. Um, but we'll see what they do. You know, it looks like whether it be the Hornets or the Pacers, who, who knows who they play. It It's highly likely that they should win that one. But you should also beat the Cleveland Cavaliers when they're not trying very hard to win either. And they didn't do that. So I don't really have any kind of feel for what this team might be like uh, in the play in And then in the playoffs, you know, maybe they win a game. Um, and I think they might be able to be competitive uh, if, you know, Tatum and Walker are doing their thing and scoring the ball, but they're, they're not beating any of the top East seeds. Yeah, I, I see it that way as well. And then we've got the Milwaukee Bucks sitting in the three seed, who I think a lot of people are writing off unfairly. I think the Bucks actually could yeah. be a real threat this season in the East from that three seed, especially with their playoff experience from last year. But then you look at, you've got that one, two, three group, and then four, five, six is really interesting. You've got half a game separating the Atlanta Hawks and then the uh, Miami Heat and New York Knicks. And there is a really big difference here 
between being four, five, and six. I don't think anybody wants to be six because then you get the Bucks in the first round. But if you're in that four or five, it would be, say, the Hawks and the Heat. You would be getting the, yep. the Hawks. You'd get one of those other teams. How do you see that all shaking out? Yeah, that's and that's probably the difference between winning a round or not, or yes. you know, getting bounced bounced quickly. So yeah, so you definitely want to be in that four or five. I think again, I think it's probably going to go in the order that it's already in uh, right now. So that'd be Atlanta, then Miami, and then New York. Uh, if it's a three teamer, Atlanta wins the tiebreaker because they would be the division winner that decides it. And then I believe Miami has the tiebreaker over the Knicks. Actually, I know they do. Um, so then it would be Miami would, would take the tiebreaker over the Knicks. And then that that's that's how it would shake out there. So I think that's probably again the most likely uh, you know path. But you know I wanted to make this point earlier and, and didn't think to. But it is really incredible that with one to two games left for everybody in the regular season, nothing is decided yet seating wise. You know we'll get a little more clarity tonight uh, as we're recording this on Friday. Uh, by by Saturday we'll have more clarity on who might be locked in aware, but that is absolutely crazy that with two games at most left, these teams are all still fighting for playoff positioning. Yeah, which adds to a lot of intrigue heading into this final weekend. It's going to be really exciting, and I love. I, I mean, I keep. I know you're a soccer guy too. I know. I love that they're doing this soccer style, and, and that's where they've got games being played at the exact same time. So it's not yep. like anybody goes in knowing exactly what their status is. If you look at that schedule coming up on Sunday, so that's going to be a lot of fun too. Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's you know they they did a really good job with that, and I understood when they were trying to do all the games at roughly the same time or in the same window and those kind of things. Why you know that doesn't really work, and like there's some people who are on the Celtic side of things, and they, I'm using them as an example because I know they're this way. When there are many others in the same boat, they're playing in Minnesota on Saturday afternoon, and then traveling to play in New York on Sunday afternoon, and that's not something you usually ever see. So this is you know. Yeah, just kind of the way it worked out this year with, with, with this. But, yeah, it, it's really interesting. But, yeah, so I think the East, I think the order for the top six locked-in playoff teams, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Miami, New York. Then I think you've got Boston uh, will be seven. Then I think it's probably, again, going to stick in order. Uh, um, eight, nine, ten, Charlotte, Indiana, Washington. But then in the play-in and who emerges out of that, good luck. You know, I, right. I don't know. I, I think Boston will. I, I don't know if it'll be in the first game. It's, you know, it's a, something tells me that the Celtics may lose that first game, then win the second game. And just so everybody knows how it works, seven plays eight, the winner becomes the seventh seed. Then nine plays 10. The winner of that plays the loser of seven, eight. And the winner of that game becomes the eighth seed. So even if the Celtics lose the first game, but win the second, they go in as the eighth seed. And that would be the same for, you know, potentially the Lakers or whoever it is in the West in that seven spot. Uh, you've got that little bit of a cushion there, right? That you, you can, uh, you lose one and still get in. But my, my point I was going to go to with the Celtics is there feels like something uh, in the universe tells me that this might go um, Celtics lose that first one, go into that uh, second one and win. Then they play Philly in the first round and they beat Philly in that game one. It set off complete panic in the city of Philadelphia <laughs> just because it feels like that's you know, the universe you know kind of play, playing their little joke on everybody. Just throwing chaos, chaos at us. Left and right, absolutely. So l- let me ask you this, Keith. Out of that, and I know obviously you're you're a Celtics guy, but uh, but out of seven, eight, nine, ten, if you are Philly or Brooklyn, 
which team do you least want to emerge out of that as your opponent? Yeah, my guess is it's still Boston because of Tatum, Walker, Smart. They've kind of been there. We've seen that team make playoff runs in the past when they've been down guys. My guess is that's where it would be. But then after that, I think you're probably next team. I go back and forth between Washington and Charlotte. If Bradley Beal is healthy, then I'll go with Washington. Uh, for for certain if he's not then i'll go with charlotte because you just know charlotte's gonna run up and down they're gonna shoot a ton of three-pointers they're gonna play high variance games and the like and then that will turn into um you know potentially you you lose a game or two you didn't expect to uh and if it's washington if beal is healthy beal and westbrook just that's just a nightmare those guys could you know kind of win a game by themselves or even two and then all of a sudden you're in a series you didn't expect to be in so i think that is you know that's probably the order the Pacers I don't think just with how banged up they are I don't think they're scaring anybody at this point yeah agreed I that that's the way I see it as well I think Washington could even be the scariest team of the group if Westbrook and Beal are healthy given the way they've been playing recently yeah. they had some really strong stretches there that's going to be I, I'm kind of rooting for Washington to get through if they are healthy but then again Lamella ball playoffs I mean I'm intrigued by that too there's definitely some interesting storylines to follow there uh before we head over to the western conference we do need to give give a shout out to our sponsor and that is theragon uh don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me they're they're saying i'm not an elite athlete come on just trying to make it through the day tension free theragon can Help it absolutely can. My I love my Theragun. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And it's quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. And whether you're gonna treat your muscle tension from working out, injury, or just stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me as well. You can try your Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash office right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash office, theragun.com slash office. Right, I know Keith. doing the move, you probably use the Theragun, right? Oh, That's probably big time. Probably me. Big time. I spent I spent a whole day myself just loading the moving truck, right? Then <sighs> had some some buddies come and, and help me with it. And then got here and was and at that point I was my body was so just just shredded from and I was using the Theragun and everything, but I was just oh, it was rough. And so I hired professional movers to come and help unload the truck. And my, you know, it, it didn't feel real good. They made fun of my packing job for the way out here, <laughs> <laughs> which, okay, I'll admit was, was probably justified though. It wasn't the best packing job ever, but let's talk <laughs> the about first this. time we, we <laughs> ever used professional movers. First time ever. That was the uh, last time we, we decided we would ever move ourselves. Um, we're, we're, we're done with that. I don't even like moving furniture around in the same room. Never mind uh, from a new, from one place to another. So I hear you, man. <laughs> it's uh, it is certainly a worthwhile investment. That's for sure. 
All right, let's talk about the Western Conference here. The West, the West, I love it. The West has so many different possibilities. Now, starting at the top, the Utah Jazz and the one seed, kind of similar to the situation the 76ers are in, where they're the one seed. It's possible that the Phoenix Suns move up, but the Jazz, they're left on the schedule. They're playing. Uh, you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder and then the Sacramento Kings. So if you're not winning those games, you probably don't deserve to be the one seed to begin with. Most likely, Utah staying at one. Phoenix will stay at two. Uh, the Clippers, it gets a little bit interesting there. Keith, right now you've got a lot of teams, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, I'm seeing a lot of their fans at the sixth spot, arguing that they need to try to lose their final game yeah. to get out of that sixth spot to have to deal with the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers are going to fall to three, I believe, or fall to four. I believe they will stay at the three position. So, so far I've got it staying one, two, three, Jazz, Suns, Clippers. Yep, um, with you say same same thing there, and I'll go as far as Denver, right in the four yes. spot. They're clearly they, they can't fall further than four. So so yeah, Utah, Phoenix, Clippers, Nuggets, uh, right right in that order for me. That, that's where I think think they'll all finish out. Uh, Clippers finish, I think, with the Thunder and the Rockets, if I remember right. So yeah, they, they they'll get at least the you know when they need there to stay ahead of Denver, and then uh, yeah, Denver's looking good. But yeah, you know Portland, that's an interesting spot. You know it's it's. Uh, it, it seems like right now uh, in the around the league, you're hearing a lot of you don't want to play the Clippers, which is right. kind of funny to me, given, you know, what happened to them last year in the playoffs. But different, slightly different team, you know, not fully different personnel, but, you know, different coach. They, they do seem a lot more locked in. Um, you know, we're not hearing any of the stuff with them this year, like we did last year and those kind of things. So, so yeah, I apologize too. They're cutting the grass across the street. So if that's getting picked up, sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm not here on my end. So hopefully it's, uh, All right, that's it's not, good. but, but, uh, and, and you know, when I'm looking at this and I see the nuggets at the four spot I, I, with the blazers on Sunday playing the nuggets, I don't see any real incentive for the nuggets to win that game. When I'm looking at this, like, let's say the Nuggets are find themselves somehow, the Clippers lose a game they're not supposed to or whatever, and the Nuggets somehow find themselves in a position to move up to the three seed by beating the Blazers. But if they beat the the Blazers, that very well could bump the Lakers up to the sixth spot yep. and then put them into a first-round matchup with the Denver Nuggets. So if you're Denver, I, I don't see Denver, I guess is my, my main point here, I don't see Denver playing all their guys. On Sunday in the final game of the season, I do think they're going to stay in that four seed because I don't see a lot of incentive for them to move up to three. Dallas, I think, is going to stick at five. I guess that could change. Uh, what do you think about that five seed in the, in the first round matchup with the Nuggets? You think it's going to be Dallas? Yeah, Dallas is a pretty easy game to tonight, Friday night against the Raptors. Uh, that's definitely a game that they should win. And then they close with, I'm just pulling it up uh, here. I believe they're in one of the, they close with the Timberwolves. So that's two games again that yes. they should win. Man, these, a couple of these East teams or West teams, uh, fairly, for such a deep conference, crazy closing, easy yeah. closing schedules for these guys. Um, but yeah, that's, th those are two games. So I'll say, yeah, I'll say Dallas sticks at five. Um, then, then, yeah, let's see Portland. I, I think you're right. I, th I think Denver doesn't have a whole lot of reason to want to win that game. And then that keeps Portland Portland there. The other thing that does for Denver, too, is that keeps the Lakers on the other half of the bracket if you can keep them down in, in the play-in uh, by, by letting Portland get there in six. And that, that I think, is is kind of important, too. 
Yeah, agreed. I think that's something that they're going to look to do as well. And then let's say that the Blazers do win. They were pretty frustrated that they didn't get that win last night to just lock in their playoff stop, spot against the Phoenix Suns. Of course, Devin Booker hits yep. two free throws with just a few seconds left uh, and wins the game for the Suns. Uh, I think the Bla- Blazers will come out uh, guns blazing, pardon the pun there, um, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on Sunday against the Nuggets. And I think they will stick in that sixth seed, it's possible for them to fall to seven. And I've seen a lot of people on the Portland side making the argument that they need to do everything they can to lose that game against the Nuggets so they can fall to seven and avoid the Clippers. But for right now, let's assume the Blazers do stay at six. The Lakers are currently at seven. Uh, they do get the Pacers and the Pelicans this weekend. That could be, and they would have to, in order for the Lakers to move up, they would have to win both games, Saturday and Sunday, and the Blazers lose on Sunday, which could yeah. happen. Um, but the Lakers we're hearing might be getting healthy. LeBron James questionable to play uh, tomorrow against the Pacers. You also got Anthony Davis, who's probable to play against the Pacers as well as, and Dennis Schroeder coming out of COVID protocol. So it will be interesting to see how the Lakers approach the final two games of the season. Are they just going to go all out and try to, well, not all out, you know, but try to get as much rhythm as they can and play everybody? Will they shut some guys down and be okay with staying in the seventh seed? Because if you're the Lakers, I think there's an argument to make that you would rather stick in the seventh seed as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I'm trying very hard not to disrespect Utah and Phoenix because mm-hmm. I do like both of those teams. I do think both of them have a reasonable chance to get to the NBA finals, um, as you would hope, right, as the one in two seeds in a conference. But I... I feel better about the Clippers. So I kind of get that mindset of, you know, try to avoid the Clippers if you can. And I think with the Lakers, as odd as this sounds, they could almost use the extra game of the play in just for some rhythm purposes. Um, I, I feel like as long as their guys are healthy and ready to go, um, which it seems like they mostly are at least, um, you know, if you win that first uh, play in game, which will, be either tuesday or wednesday looks like it might be western conference on wednesday we don't fully know what that's gonna shake out like but that still gets you a couple days off before your first playoff series and that's that you know that that's that's fine at this time of year so yeah i i think you know not that i don't think they're going to be tanking these games to stay at seven or anything like that i just I don't know that they're going to be, you know, really out there, you know, um, you know, flying up and down the court and diving for loose balls and all this other crazy right. stuff just to try to get up to six when it seems somewhat unlikely that that'll happen anyway. Did you hear that, Anthony Davis? Please no more diving onto the floor for a loose <laughs> ball. Just don't do it, man. They need to until wrap the playoffs start. Yeah, still the playoffs. They need to wrap him in <laughs> bubble wrap or, or something like that. But okay. you know what? The The other real intriguing thing going on in the West right now is the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies currently yeah. tied at 13 games back. Uh, and the difference is is pretty massive between the 8 and 9 seed. If you're the 9 seed, you have to win twice in order to get in. And if you are the 8 seed, you only have to win once. Both teams play tonight, but both play in winnable games. The Pelicans are, are playing against the Warriors, and then the Kings are playing against the Grizzlies. So I think you could see a Memphis win and a, a Golden State win there. But then the big one... Is Sunday they play each other? How fantastic! Yeah, it's almost is that? like a bonus playing game, almost. I love yeah, because because that'll also decide the tiebreaker for them. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens in their next game, uh, that game Sunday will decide who's going to be eight nine, which is is really really cool. Oh, that's true. I had I had forgotten about that side. So yeah. tonight's game actually does not matter. 
in terms oh, of whether yeah. or not they, they oh. win or lose. All that matters is Sunday's game. I wonder if we'll see yeah. some see them rest some guys then. Uh, in I think so. I, I think I, I hadn't I didn't have a chance to check it. I, I saw a couple of tweets on it. I think Memphis might be sitting some guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, today. I think they play tonight. If not tonight, it's tomorrow. Um, but they they're definitely sounds like, yeah, they're playing tonight. They're hosting the Kings. Um, so it sounds like and I think it's did they play the Kings last night? They did. So second game of the back-to-back, they got the win they needed last night. So they're going to sit a bunch of guys tonight, Jared Jackson Jr., and then I think a handful of others. And then that sets that up. Yeah, Sunday becomes almost like, a, a, you know, playing for the play-in <laughs> almost, um, you know, which is, you know, kind of cool. I think that's a, um, you know, really fortunate setup that the NBA, you know, that, that just ended up being dumb luck. Uh, maybe when they built the second half schedule, they're like, oh, this one might mean something. Let's, you know, shuttle it to the end. But, yeah, it's – the the West play-in, you know, and I, I don't want to doubt the San Antonio Spurs because then they'll make me look stupid and they'll be <laughs> whoever the the nine seed is. But right. yeah, if you get Lakers Warriors in that first one, that's must-watch TV. Oh you gosh. cannot miss that game. And then either Lakers Grizzlies or Warriors Grizzlies in that second one. Again, you know, absolutely, you know, uh, must-watch TV there. So yeah, the play-in tournament. I know a lot of people have griped about it and complained. It did exactly what it was set up to do. It solved the vast majority of the tanking. Um, you know, we only really had about four or five teams tanking over the last couple months of the season instead of about 10 in a normal year. Uh, and then um, it kept the things exciting all the way down to the end, which is great. And you know what? I've got people who will say that, you know, negative Nancy's who will say, well, you know, what does it matter if you, so what if you win the play and then you're the eight seed and you just get smashed by the, by the number one seed in the first round or, or whatever. I get that side of it, but it gives you a little bit of fun before your, your season comes to yeah. end. Like, like let's say that Memphis makes a, a run here and they wind up as the eight seed and then they go play Utah in the first round and they lose in five or, or whatever. Like, yeah, Hey, they made it to the playoffs and you've got the excitement of their fighting their way in, winning two in a row in order to get in if they're the nine seed yeah. or winning a game if you're the eight seed. So I, I think that it gives you that little boost. Plus, it's the the added intrigue. Like, we're talking about this right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very good thing for the NBA. And speaking of the NBA, how badly does the NBA want the Warriors to get that eight seed and then play the Lakers in the play-in tournament versus the Grizzlies getting the eight seed? Because in terms of viewership, I think it'll be just a little bit different if it's Lakers versus Warriors <laughs> yeah. compared to Lakers versus Grizzlies. No offense to the Grizzlies, of course. Yeah, no, no offense to the Grizzlies, but yeah, they think uh, they think we know how everybody wants that to go. I mean, that's how I want it to go with no stake in it. I, you know, I'd rather watch uh, you know LeBron versus Steph and right. you know in a, in a single game elimination type type of well, kind of single game elimination uh, type of setup there. You know, what's funny too is I think about it too. I think this is where the echo chamber from the two teams we cover. Just being in the playoffs means nothing to either one yes. of the two teams yeah. we cover. <laughs> you know, it may, yeah, when they've been off a series of down years, fine. Right. You know, it's good to get back there. But, you know, at this point, it doesn't mean anything. So, yeah. So, but if you're Charlotte, if you're Washington, you've been down for a few years, if you're Memphis, even if you're the Warriors and you haven't been yourself, you know, now for, for you know, a season, um, yeah, that does mean something. You You would like to be there and be kind of in the mix and, you know, playing important games, you know, you know, uh, in there and getting experience. And I always go back to like, like a team like Memphis, I think is the perfect example here. 
you rarely win your first time through the playoffs with a young team. Uh, usually you got to go in there, you take your lumps of what it's like to play uh, those that heavily intense games, what it's like to play um, the same team, you know, multiple times in a two-week period and those kind of things. Sorry, you get all kinds of dings and stuff going off here. Does that mean, um, there, does that mean there was a Woj bomb? I'm like checking Twitter. No, it now. doesn't. It, it was, it, that was a calendar reminder. Um, something I got to do in, in uh, 10 minutes. So, um, and I forgot to mute my phone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, at first that's what I thought it was. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh so yeah. So my point is just getting in the playoffs, even if you lose, that first time through now you've had that playoff experience and that's big, you know, for those young teams, same with Charlotte. Not a lot of those Charlotte guys haven't, you know, tasted the playoffs. So it'd be big for them. Uh, you know, Washington getting back there. So yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, really big. And then just while I'm on kind of this, this uh, line of thinking, how cool is it for the New York Knicks to get back into the postseason? You know, the Atlanta Hawks back into the postseason. Um, you know, Atlanta, you know, two different paths too, right? Atlanta built this, you know, super young team, went all tore down a pretty good team, uh, went all in on building through the draft, did that. And then the Knicks, you know, they they, you know, just kind of um, you know, by keeping their powder dry and being patient and making smart moves and uh building a roster that makes sense and all that, they're they're back in there and you know, and of course hiring a really good coach who's emphasized defense. So yeah, I just you know they think it's great that those two teams are, you know, back in the playoff picture as well. Keith, you know, I mean, it, that's just it, right? Like try telling a Knicks fan that making the playoffs doesn't matter, right? I mean, it yeah. absolutely matters. Uh, but how cool is it too, that we, this last off season, were praising the Knicks for doing so many non Knicks like things for just making smart decisions. And then to get that, you don't normally see this to get that immediate payoff of, they made the jump to being, a playoff team. And it wasn't just because the smart moves that they made, but certainly that played a role here. You saw that organization finally kind of get things together, make some smart decisions with their front office and and make some smart personnel moves. And next thing you know, they're right back in the playoffs. And now Knicks fans are super optimistic. They're going, look, we're a playoff team. Julius Randle's blowing up. We've got all these draft picks moving forward. They've got hope once again. and, And you love seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. Huge for them. You know, just, uh, you know, can, um, you know, emphasize enough how much this means. And now instead of selling to uh, prospective free agents or guys who might be getting traded there with a year left and you're trying to re-sign instead of selling, you know, hey, you and then if we sign this guy and this guy, look at what we could be. It's like, hey, you alongside Julius Randle and then much improved and uh, growing R.J. Barrett. And then, you know, some of the other young talent we've got on this team and flexibility and all these other things, that's a real selling point versus just, you know, hey, we want to bring in, you know, X, Y, and Z guy and all those kind of things. So, yeah, I think it's um, it, it's really cool to see that their approach paid off because there were a lot of people who were like, we went into the season with $15 million in cap space. You know, why didn't we spend it? They could have, and then they would have just ended up in a place where it probably wouldn't have been a very good one, you know, because you, you spend it on a guy who then expects to play a lot, and, and it just becomes very messy. And I, I think they did it, you know, about as well as you could, you know, with that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the playoffs, you know, whatever shakes out here, uh, you know, through the weekend and the beginning part of next week. Um, my guess is we'll come back one more and we'll, we'll run through our playoff predictions. Yep. 
uh, before they actually start uh, on on the weekend. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then after that, guys, we got all sorts of free agent stuff we're going to do. We're going to preview uh, by position, and then we're going to talk teams and all that stuff and do all, all kinds of things, um, you know, getting ready for the offseason. Huh? I'm excited, Neil. That, that's uh, that's what our show is really about. So I'm, I'm super excited to start digging into that stuff because I think – think even though it's not a great free agent class this has a chance to be a pretty interesting off season because i think there are a whole lot of teams who feel like we're a piece or two away from yep. making a run at this thing and that's when you get you know into having some really fun okay. stuff go on in the summertime agreed it could be a very very active free agency period which is amazing like here we are free agency really is just around the corner like the off season is is almost just as much as we're gearing up for the playoffs the off season is almost here as well so lots of fun stuff going on and of course this weekend Tons of great basketball. Hopefully you've just about cleared your schedule so you can stay <laughs> home and watch all the madness, especially when like the Warriors play the Grizzlies and everything else that's going to be going on. Going to be a ton of fun in the NBA world. But I think and about- it's good practice for the next weekend. Yes. Uh, when, when you're sitting there on Saturday and Sunday all day long, of course, of course. like it does every year, the NBA. Play, well, not last year, but we'll, we'll never hope we have a year like last year again. Right. Uh, but like it does in a normal year, the NBA playoffs fall on the same weekend that my daughter has an all day soccer tournament Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be working our viewings around that as best as possible. <laughs> Hopefully that uh, that's something that you can uh, you can navigate, and uh, the rest of us will be be watching and enjoying this this crazy NBA playoff period. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys, I think that about wraps it up in terms of what we can see happen coming up in the next couple of days, and teams moving up and down in the standings should be really cool to see where all see where all these matchups come together. Keith, thanks, man, and let's uh, let's do this again next week. Couldn't get my thing to mute. I'm out of practice. Yeah, man, absolutely. We're, we're going to be back with you guys regularly now. Everything's uh, settled back in in life. So we'll, we'll, we'll be, be back at you. All right, everybody. Till then, see ya and stay safe.